This week, we're talking about whether queer people sit in chairs wrong. Are you sure you're comfortable sitting like that? Get comfy. It's more research required. (laughs) Science and technology. And welcome back to More Research Required, a podcast where we talk about research studies we would do if anyone would give us the money. I'm Amy Giacomucci. I'm Abby Norling-Ruggles. It's been a while, huh? It's uh, been a while, unless you started this show sometime after March 2019. In which case, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We've been (laughs) continuously producing content. We're great at this. We're very responsible. I hate how Apple ate our last 12 episodes, which oh, were that's very such a tragedy. <laughs> Apple didn't eat our episodes. We just weren't recording because we both moved and then we had a lot going on. Just to clarify. I mean, like, check out our other podcast. It's called Tordal Recall. There's more episodes of that now. Yeah, there's a lot more episodes of that if you're interested in hearing us talk about Tamara Pierce with five of our very cool, interesting friends. Anyway, Mm -hmm. hi, welcome back. We're doing the show again. Um, We might not do it as consistently as we used to. We're talking about switching to a one-month schedule, but we're doing it. Yeah, we're definitely going to do more episodes. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we're going to do it from the same room now. Abby and I are in the same room. Wow. That is very exciting because it means only one track to edit. I hope that the audio quality is, like, decent. It better be. Our voices come up at very different volumes usually because of the way that my throat is, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, okay, let's talk about chairs. So, there's a thing in the, the queer community. I've seen it come up with gay people and bi people and then also just queer people generally. Yeah, I've seen it with bisexuals the most. Yeah, so there's this concept, maybe even a meme you might call it, about (laughs) 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 about um, queer people sitting in chairs, not the normal way to sit in chairs, a weird way. Mm -hmm. A fun, exciting new way. Yeah, and like, I I don't know, so like... I certainly don't sit in chairs the normal way a lot. Like, that's a true thing about me. But I also think it's hard to tell when you're, when you're like, in an in-group, it can be very hard to tell, like, whether a character, you know, you say, oh, this thing is true of me. And a bunch of people who are also in that in-group say, oh, that's true of me. And then you're like, well, okay, all bisexuals sit weird and no straight people sit weird. But you haven't collected any data from straight people. (laughs) (laughs) that's true it's notoriously hard to get data from straight people yeah i mean like what if you just don't know any of them i mean that's very possible it's a new exciting world yeah no but like a lot of these judgments are coming from within insular communities or within people like again it's mostly just people who are queer saying i also sit bad so this must be true right and like You know, this is a relatively silly example, but I feel like I also see it a lot for, like, a bunch of, like, ADD people saying, like, I all have, we all have this experience, this must be an ADD thing, and then, like, 
other people who don't have that diagnosis saying like, well, I also have that. Does that mean that I'm ADD or does that mean that this is an experience that lots of people have regardless of whether they have that diagnosis or not? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It is kind of like it's an interesting phenomenon in that way. Yeah, it's also interesting because I have seen the ADD thing specifically about sitting in chairs bad. Oh my gosh, does every community <laughs> sit in, in chairs bad? <laughs> this is the question we're here to investigate. <laughs> what communities sit in chairs right? Yeah, maybe none of them. I mean, I do think my parents sit in chairs right because they're very weirded out about the fact that I sit in chairs wrong. Mm -hmm. And they do, like, question it a lot. But also, like, I, there might be an age thing. Like, there might be a... Like, I just feel like the younger you get, the more mobile you are, probably, and the more you might take advantage of that to sit in a chair weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not sure if I followed that, but... Oh, just, like, you know... Like, little kids can't do anything to harm their bodies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're right. So a lot of, oh, yeah, I used to be upside down in chairs way right. more often. Exactly. I miss that. So I feel like an elderly person might just, you know, not be in a place where they want to, like, swing their legs up over the arm of a chair or, like, you know, sit on top of their legs or, like lie backward on it you know like yeah. there's many possibilities that like they just might not be it might not be comfortable for them because their bodies are older where and like similarly children i think sit in chairs like way weirder than anyone else because they're children and that's how they are this is relevant to the study i read actually mm -hmm. so maybe we should just get into that okay do you want to start talking about our prior research then yes that's one of our segments is that what it's called? <laughs> if you say so. I don't think it's called that. I think it is called, like, background research or yeah, something. Yeah, okay. We forgot all of our segments. <laughs> <laughs> Normal to do. We, didn't, we never, like, wrote them down anyway. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We just had them. We just had them in the head. We could, like, listen to an old episode of our podcast, but that's no. impossible. <laughs> we couldn't. It's Yeah, you, you can't listen to your own podcasts. Yeah. Um, well, I read a study called... Body measurements and variability of sitting postures at preschool age as preconditions for an optimal adjustment of chairs and tables. Um, it it's from a German journal. It's by Voigt and Greel, whose names mm -hmm. I probably didn't pronounce correctly. March two thousand nine. I largely read it just because the abstract included the phrase "every ch child was videotaped for ten minutes while cranning in a sitting position." <laughs> Cranning? Yeah, they were using crayons. Cranning. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know. I I pronounce crown cran. Yeah. So I I pronounce it with one syllable. So. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's really cute. It was. There were so many things in this study that just made me go like, "Wow, children." Yeah, like I wow. Maybe science, like doing science, would be good. <laughs> Um, so, okay, this was a study, they studied 122 German children ages 4 to 7, um, and they, like, took body measurements of, like, how long their legs were, and, um, and how tall they were, and all of that stuff, and, like, how, how they were proportioned, and sort of measured the variance between those measurements. Um, and then they, they videotaped every child cranning for 10 minutes in a sitting position. Um... And then they, like, watch that video and they categorize the kids' positions into uh, 200 different possible categories of different seating positions, which I don't know what those were, but that's a ton. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I think kids just move a lot. Uh, so for some reason, five-year-olds really stuck out as the age where there was both the most, like, variation in body proportions and also the most movement between different sitting positions, possibly just because, um, it's an age where, like, some kids, especially girls, have, like, started to hit their growth spurts, but other kids haven't. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a lot of... Also, apparently, um... Uh, young kid growth spurts affect, like, the limbs first. So if you've hit your growth spurt, you'll have relatively longer, like, legs compared to your torso length than someone who hasn't hit their growth spurt yet. Um, so, uh, that's, like, I guess five years old is, like, really a sweet spot for, like, kids are a lot of different sizes and the chairs and stuff that they use are mostly, like, a standard size, so they're not gonna fit a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They also found that, on average, kids only spend five to seven seconds in any given position, <laughs> which is, like, the best. I love kids. They can't stay still. No, they can't. I remember being that uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what if they're not uncomfortable? What if they just have a lot of energy? Then I don't remember that. <laughs> That's fair. But, okay, so the study said, the, the paper said, um, humans didn't evolve to use seats. The use of seats has to be learned. Um, and having the wrong size of chair at a young age can encourage, quote, wrong sitting positions. <laughs> um, <laughs> the wrong sitting positions. I've come to judge them. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, like, a thing that happened to me while doing research for this episode that I did not expect was I did have to learn a lot about, like, all the possible, like, health problems that different types of wrong sitting can make you have. <laughs> and I did not enjoy that as a wrong sitter myself. Yeah. All right, what's the one that makes you the most concerned just about your own choices? I mean, I think it's probably, like, all of the problems were very sort of, like, vague. Like, posture, you know is a problem, but it's also a problem for office workers who sit regularly mm. for eight hours a day or whatever, so... Like, sitting is just bad for you, I think. <laughs> um, the, this article talked in depth about, like, optimal chairs and how the optimal chair requires the ability to sit with both feet completely on the floor, which I am not doing right now, <laughs> uh, because any other position restricts blood flow in the thighs. I don't really know how big of a problem that is in, like, people's daily lives. Mm -hmm. um, but, but kids, if they have the wrong size of chair at a young age, they will often, like, learn to sit in a way that's comfortable in that chair, which is not necessarily a way that will be good for them when they sit in differently sized chairs later in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also this paper said that prior to school, children three to six years old are allowed to use chairs more intuitively and creatively, <laughs> which I just thought was nice. And I think we should go back to that. Yeah. Yeah, let's creative chair use. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I'm into that lifestyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the main study that I read. That, like, this, this leads to my sort of major theory, which is, Maybe younger people just sit weirder in chairs than older people. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. We'd have to collect some data to see if that's true. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that younger people do a lot of things more weird than older people. Yeah, well, right. And also, like, younger people are much more likely to identify as queer than older people at this current moment in our history, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's just been a lot of stuff going on. And also, I think that, like, just to talk about a hypothesis mentioned in your paper, like, the idea of being in a wrong-sized chair at the wrong age is, like, people are growing a lot faster. Like... That's true. Or, yeah, they're, like, people are not necessarily the same size that they were in a previous generation and stuff like that, mm -hmm. so. So yeah. it's also possible that we're just not the right size for anything anymore, just <laughs> as, a, as humanity. Uh, so what did you read? Okay, so I read a paper called The Contribution of Bodily Posture to Gender Stereotypical Impressions by Annika Vrucht and Mara Lawyering. I don't know if that's pronounced right, but it's from 2000. Um, thanks, Abby, for getting me this paper. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't find this at first, and then I told Abby I couldn't find it, and then she found it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, normal. Um, okay, so this was a paper about the way that um, men and women you uh, have different posture when they are sitting. So the hypothesis is that women tend to have more closed posture so like with arms by arms closer to your sides legs closer together and men tend to have more open posture with arms wider and legs much wider um and so they were looking into whether that's true um and how different how differing from that stereotype like if a man were to sit in a very closed position would change the way that you perceived his traits and his potential profession. There were actually two parts of the study. I'm going to talk talk just about the second one. So in this study, the second one, participants were given four pictures, um, one of a man in a closed position, one of a woman, a woman in a closed position, one of a man in an open position, one in a woman in an open position. So one person who matched their gender stereotype for sitting and one person who didn't. Um, and these pictures were each placed in sealed envelopes. <laughs> Great. <Love it. laughs> which were then given to participants. They opened the envelopes one at a time, looked at the person for 10 seconds, put it back into the <laughs> envelope, and then answered a series of questions about the image. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. It's just like a very secretive way to look at a regular picture of a person sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's probably good to like have them just sort of form their basic impressions of it and then not be looking at it while they're answering questions. Mm -hmm. But also the fact that they're doing it like a double agent in a Bond movie. Is very good. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent. Um, so the closed sitting position is legs crossed, hands clasped on lap. And the open sitting position is what I like to call the, hey, sport, I heard coach has been hassling you <laughs> position, which is legs open and hands on, like hands on either thigh, sort of so your elbows are kind of out. Sort of we like as if you were sitting on a chair backwards, even if you're not actually doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, drew a picture of it, but unfortunately none of you can see that. This is for Abby's eyes only. Wow, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, okay, so the questions that they were asked were things like, does this person seem more masculine or feminine? Does this person have 
is this person feminine trait? Is this person masculine trait? And also... Wait, are you saying feminine trait or masculine trait as that's like a blank where you would put in a feminine? Yeah. Because they didn't list the feminine and masculine traits and I have no idea what they are. I'm not from Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) I think that probably their ideas of femininity are not like too different from ours. Yeah, but I just... But yeah, they didn't list them. Yeah, they didn't list them and I don't want to put words into their mouths. Mm -hmm. Um, But... They also asked, like, do you think this person, how likely is this person to be a flight attendant versus how likely is this person to be a male-coded profession, which I forget what it was. Probably a hammer man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a... Just, like, some sort of lumberjack. Yeah, let's say lumberjack because I don't want to wrestle with these papers so much. Um, anyway, so one what they found was that uh, women who were sitting in the "Hey kid, I heard that coach was hassling you" position <laughs> were considered less likely to have a feminine profession and more likely to have a masculine profession. However, the um, the traits that were associated with them didn't really differ that much um, from the baseline and with men it was the opposite men who were sitting in the sort of like legs crossed hands clasped together like finishing school position uh their masculinity was not uh was not diminished by the people who were judging it but their likelihood of having a feminine profession was higher and wait so you yeah, this this study did not... This was just about people's perceptions of the sitting, mm-hmm. right? The, this part of it didn't go into, like, how often do men and women actually sit these ways. Right, exactly. There is a first part of the study that did go into that, but it was done on the subway. It had to exclude any woman who was not wearing pants. It was only on white people. Because, what? Why? Because the four people doing the observing were white. And they didn't want to, like, they didn't want to ascribe, like, racial bias onto people. So they did that by taking out all of the people who weren't white. That's not... Which I disagree with. That's, like, a choice. On many levels, I disagree with that. Yeah. Like, I understand the tendency for white people to misattribute things to, like, any person of color. So if you want to make the study not be racially biased, hire some non-white observers. Yeah. Yeah, so it was only on white people who were uh, who were perceived like people who were perceived as white, right? Who were adults from like twenty sixteen to thirty. Again, perceived as sixteen to thirty, they did not talk to anyone; they just right. observed them. So, like, why, also why they perceived to... their gender. So yeah, like, right. And as, then not including anyone wearing skirts. Yeah, and that was all. And that was because it was four women doing the observing who were between the ages of sixteen and thirty. I don't, like, why Why do they have to be similar to the observer? I don't really get that. I also don't know. I mean, the description in the paper said that it was to try to diminish bias as much as possible. Like, observer's bias as much as possible. They also sent everyone out in pairs and, like, made sure that they sort of said similar things about each person's sitting position. But I mean, that seems like a good call. But I don't, you know, how much are people actually going to be, like, well, I guess it depends on the specific subway in question and, like, I mean, it's Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Amsterdam subway is like. I feel like they, uh, there, there is a pretty objective way that you could do this, which is like in any subway where they have separated seats, mm-hmm. like clearly demarcated seats, it would be pretty easy to tell whether people's legs were like 
pointing out from the seat that they're in. Oh, they also said, they also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. They also didn't include obese people or people sitting with another person. Uh So I don't. People sitting with another person is that that's a good thing to exclude because they'll pick a seat next to each other and that will affect things. But yeah, I agree with that. But also they did not include obese people at all. That's wild. So mm. I respect your decision to just not <laughs> include that data. Yeah, I, we're only talking about the second part. Um, also mm-hmm. because the second part says a lot about like our attitudes towards people who right. like, sit in a way that's gender nonconforming. Which, right, definitely could be a factor that like queer people are obviously more likely to be gender nonconforming. And mm-hmm. so might... But, like, uh, the weird thing is, so so then queer people might not sit in the way that is expected for their gender, necessarily, or their assigned gender. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, does that necessarily translate to, like, not sitting with your feet on the ground at all? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we were specifically talking about not sitting on your feet with your feet on the ground at all, but I do. No, I mean, not, not I can... that we're specifically talking about that, but just that, um... Mm-hmm. Like, we need to define here what qualifies... I mean, we don't need to for our study, but for, like, talking about it, I think it's helpful to talk about what we consider normal sitting. Like, mm-hmm. is the the hay coach, very wide legs posture, is that normal sitting? I think that it is normal insofar as it is familiar enough to use as a very, mm-hmm. like, fast way to kind of convey a meaning, especially in, like, cinema or, like in real life like you know what when you assume the hey coach position you know what that conversation is going to be like and about (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i think that like a very wide-legged sitting posture is like it's something that we have clear it's very common in our society and it's also something we have very clear, like, connotations with. It's not necessarily the medically optimal sitting posture, but I also don't know how common the medically optimal sitting posture is and, like, how far you have to vary from that before you consider it wrong sitting. <laughs> Sorry, I just love the phrase wrong sitting. The sitting is bad, wrong. <laughs> um, Wrong Sitting is the sequel to um, Train Spotting. Nope. <laughs> I thought Train Spotting had the word standing in it. What? Wrong, wrong Sitting is the sequel to Death Standing. I know it's called Death Stranding. Please help me. <laughs> Please get me out of here. I can't. Let's design a study. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so I think there's a real opportunity here to um, to do like one of those classic psych studies where. Uh, where, like... You put everybody in a waiting room? Yes, exactly. Where you, like, make them sign the release when they show up, and you're like, the study's just gonna happen in a minute. Like, just in a minute, we're gonna do the study. <laughs> but then the real study is what happens in the waiting room. <laughs> I want to know if it's different if every if everyone in the waiting room is queer and everyone in the waiting, waiting room Ooh. thinks that it's a study on queer people. Ooh, that's a good question. Right, I mean, so we, obviously we do also have to study straight people or this <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> just, uh, just, okay, so one, one paper on the left and it, it's like, this is a study on queer people and one study on the right that's like, you gotta be straight. <laughs> <laughs> Straights only for this study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is only for heterosexuals. 
that's not a bad way to do it, except that we wouldn't get any data on, like, is it different in a mixed orientation waiting room. <laughs> Third study. Whatever. <laughs> this yeah. is unrelated. <laughs> this is totally unrelated to those other two studies that are also not related to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, or even just, like, a room of queer people that don't know they're all queer, and then the straight room. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so many rooms. It's three rooms. Well, four rooms if you have the mixed room. Oh, and the control room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay, so how are we going to observe them? Are we going to have plants? Are we going to have cameras? Are we going to have... Wait, what are the plants for? Are we going to, like, hide in the plants? <laughs> People who are plants! Oh. <laughs> yeah! I was imagining, like, a ghillie suit. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> We're going to have ferns large enough to hide a man. Exactly. We're going to have a hollow cactus we keep <laughs> knives in. What are the knives for? Science. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I do think it would be solid to have, like, a, a plant that's a person in the room observing. I think we should also definitely have cameras because, like, uh, that sitting study that you talked about was not does not seem like it was well done, but did have a solid point that people will have biases that they will project onto other people in how they're sitting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely think that we should record it and probably like have it analyzed by multiple people. But yeah, I mean, we probably want to look at like, you know, like how I guess like we we want to categorize and quantify all the different positions that everyone takes, and we want to look at. How, how many positions do they take? Are they, like, different positions? Or, like, do they switch between a couple positions? And how often do they switch? Because um, then we don't have to base it on... Like, we don't have to define, like, oh, this is a normal sitting position, and this is a weird or wrong sitting position. <laughs> um, this person's just on the ground, been there the whole time. I think that would definitely qualify as a weird or wrong sitting position. Okay, I really just want to quickly talk about a study that we didn't talk about, which is on one of the studies that I read, someone was, one of the questions was, what's your favorite way to sit? And everyone got, like, all of the teens just got on the ground at that question. That's so good. <laughs> it's really I, good. Teens want to be on the ground. I love kids and I also love teens. <laughs> teens are really good. They know what they want. Just like the several year transition from the seven year olds in my study who like literally couldn't stay still for more than five seconds to the teens who were just on the ground. I love them. Love all of them. God, save the teens. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think, okay, okay, here's my my thing, my concept. First, we have a, a control study where we, like, it's just, it's just the waiting room thing. We, like, I mean, maybe we collect information on sexuality, but, like, we don't use it. We don't, like, discriminate on who comes into this room. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we really need straight people. <laughs> We don't discriminate. <laughs> um, but so that so like we we have this room. We like watch a bunch of people sit for like ten minutes or whatever, and we just like figure out 
what are the common seat sitting positions? Like, are there some that are like significantly more common than others? Or like, you know, are there, there a group that most people tend to take at one point while they're sitting or like that type of thing and use those categories? Um, and then have a room of only queer people and a room of only straight people mm -hmm. and see, just, you know, just see if the numbers turn out differently than our control room. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I think that it would be interesting if the room of queer people knew they were all queer. Yeah, I think that, I think that we should do, like, you know, first we've just got a study. What is it about? <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> Man, okay, we also have to think of, like, what are we going to make them do for the actual, like, quote-unquote study part that's not data we're collecting? <laughs> Just give up. Okay. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to... Okay, we have two options. The one I thought of was they go into the room. <laughs> there's, a <laughs> there's a hammer. No further instructions. <laughs> no. That's like a Lord of the Flies setup. No, it's just one person at okay, a time. Okay, but like still, what are they going to do with it? That's the study. Oh and my the God. second option is we can use the thing that um, Twitter user Controlled Abandon said to us where there's just an exercise bike in the parking lot. <laughs> so the same thing like as the hammer, but it's just you, you're like this way to the study room and it's just a door that leads you out to a parking lot with an exercise bike in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, the and the thing is, because it's a study, we can be like, unfortunately, if we tell you anything about it, you'll be biased. Oh my god. I actually so love the idea of just like everyone's in this waiting room and you're like, you call one of them up and you're like, here, here's the study. And you open a door and it just goes to outside. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good scientists. Yeah. Very reputable. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um so the other thing I want to say about the actual study that we're doing, right? Yeah. Is that I think it's very important to um <clears throat> to collect people's age and also like potentially some, like, medical information about them, because I do think that that probably affects how people sit. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be a good thing to, like, control for. Mm -hmm. Definitely we have to control for age, because I'm pretty sure that the thing about people sitting less weird as they get older is definitely true. And if we didn't control for age, that would probably skew our results. Yeah, and I also, like, again, I, I don't know if this is just anecdotal. I hear a lot of stories about, like, old-timey schools where, like, you had to sit right and write correctly and all of that jazz. Right. I think there's both the, the physical aspect of, like, people's bodies getting older, but there's also, like, in the past, maybe people were, maybe, like, teachers and parents and stuff were more strict in teaching you how to sit, and we mm. didn't have that. Because now teachers get $20 and, like, a can of peanuts every year <laughs> for their salary. So they don't care if you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, just get on the floor, please. <laughs> Just be on the floor. It's fine. God, that's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, yes, it's very important to differentiate for age for many, many reasons, all of which mm -hmm. will almost certainly contribute to whether or not they sit in a weird or bad way. Maybe even wrong. <laughs> I just want to know who sits wrong. <laughs> We're all sitting wrong together. 
I think that technically both of us are sitting wrong right now in terms of the medically optimal seating. Mm-hmm. Man, this uh, this paper that I read had so much to say about medically optimal chairs that just like they didn't cite any sources for. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, there was a quick uh, list of biases, and they run a medically optimal chair company. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been scammed. The medically optimal chair lobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The worst lobby of all. They have too much power in this they country. They control the entire government. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing that our politicians are accepting pack donations from the medically optimal chair lobby. <laughs> it's a travesty, really. Yep. Anyway, do you... Okay, did we do it? Do you want to speculate about the results? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've already said most of my speculation, which is that age is going to play a big factor. I also had another... Oh, also, I guess that maybe uh, queer people more will sit more weird and differently because of, like less gender expectations that they have for themselves. But I don't know. We'll have to see. What about you? That wasn't very wild. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say everybody's going to escape through the back door of the study. I don't know. (laughs) Right. The real question is, what are we going to collect from the exercise bike study? (laughs) Just good memories. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A slash, can you sit, can you do wrong sitting on an exercise bike? Ooh, that's like the next level of the study. Side saddle. Yes, that would not work. Let me dream. (laughs) All right, this is the part where we wrap up, I think. Yeah, probably. I forget if we do anything at this point. Conclusion. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Conclusion. We did it. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Well, all I have to say is we're back and that's good. And you can, if you're also excited about that, we have an email account that is moreresearchcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter, which I'm going to try to check more because there was a point where I hadn't checked it since July. Um, and people did tweet at us and that was nice of them. I, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Thank you for tweeting at us. If you would like to also tweet at us, our Twitter is moreresearch underscore. The, the sign. Someday we'll try to change it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, we don't need to put effort into this podcast. We've mm-hmm. proven that. Yeah. Um, our theme music is Marie Curie by The Crips off their album Discover Science. There's another podcast that has Marie Curie by The Crips off the album Discover Science as their theme music now. It's called My Scientist Friend. It's good. I really think, like, it's a it's a free song to use. I bet those, it's not the only other podcast that uses it. But it's the only one I know about. Okay. <laughs> all right. And that's all of the news we have, I guess? I, yeah, do we have it. anything no. else? Great. Rad. Okay. Well, then, until next time, happy Pie Day and stay curious. I also forgot what our sign-off was, so thank you for remembering it. <laughs> You're welcome. Happy Pi Day wasn't a directive, but I do. I meant it as a command. (laughs) You do seem to have a lot of feelings about, like, what Pi Day means. The the true meaning of Pi Day.
Okay. I don't like really understand our segments anymore. Like we didn't, we don't really have segments, but like I question our ability to do them. Okay. So we start with the abstract, which is just when we summarize what we're going to do. Yeah. And then we go into introducing ourselves, which is the introduction section. Right. And I forgot we did the little stinger before the music. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we're starting so strong. We can change it up. We're coming back fresh and new. It's true, but I feel like that was solid. So, like, that's, I like, I say the question, right? And then you, you make have, a joke. And then I make a joke. <laughs> Great. <laughs> 